Hello and welcome to episode 9A of the Keep Dancing podcast. I'm joined by Ewan Spence for another It Takes Two Cynics discussion and deconstruction of the story behind our favourite ballroom dancing show. We know it's not fixed. Nobody's organised enough to fix a competition involving a public vote. And I think that's a very important thing to realise, that what we're talking about here is we're talking about sort of the framework, the structure that's put in place for a programme. The voting is still the voting. The stories that happen still happens. But like a, like a, a plan for going into battle, and as we discussed previously on Cynics, a plan for a live show, you have to think about the sort of rough shape you want to make, where you want to go. This is effectively a multi-week story. Um, it's being made up as you go along, but you still have a rough idea how you want it to go. So no, it's not fixed. It's not cynical. I don't want my license feedback. I, I quite like the license fee. I think it's a really good idea. It allows us to do things like Strictly um, and Country File and Doctor Who and Radio 3 Um so, yes, we've, we've, we've just basically put that in at the top so all the people who like reading the Daily Mail think this is a podcast for them, when in fact, it's not. Oh, it's explicitly not, really. <laughs> it's explicitly not, but they don't know that now because they said, you said at the top, it's fixed. Oh, well, I mean, they're just going to be in a hopeless knot of confusion. Let's clarify. So, strictly... It doesn't have a pre-written storyline because it's a reality show based on events that sort of shake out from people's skills. But what it does have is a sort of a three-act structure. Yes, this is it's, it's classic uh, Joe Campbell here. Um, it's you you tell you know the, the three-act structure you can see all over. You can see it in sitcoms, you can see it in films, but it's basically. You imagine um, a sawtooth and you build up to excitement. That's act one. It drops away and you build up again excitement. That's act two. And then it builds up again for excitement. And then act three. Now, occasionally in films, you'll have the sort of James Bond teaser thing just at the point where he jumps off a cliff and he's got a parachute of the of a Union Jack on him. And he lands inside a Jaguar and he runs over Tom Cruise. And or is that Austin Powers? But that's a sort of opening thing. And we have that with Strictly. We have that sort of opening thing and everybody goes away for three weeks and starts practicing. But then people go, oh, it's just episode by episode, week by week. But it's not. It builds up to certain points where everything rises up. There's a huge, great big burst of energy accompanied by lots of press and lots of speculation. And then it sort of dies away again. The dancers are expected to be more professional, more proficient. The storylines, what's happening to our cast, they're meant to sort of take a shift, like a turn in the road at this point. And th there's one obvious point in Strictly, which is the crescendo to Act 2. Uh, and basically, it's built around, we need the studio for children in need, so we need to go to Blackpool. Finally, <sighs> we know why everybody's so desperate to get to Blackpool, because it's the yeah. end of Act 2. Exactly, yes. It's not so they're nowhere near children in need. But let's get back to Act 1. Yeah. So if you're not if you're not a sort of a theatre studies uh, person or a film studies person, 
Act one is the home of the exposition. We find out who the characters are and we try to work out what their stories are. Yeah, in... And there's usually a little bit of danger. There's a, a, a little test for them to overcome. Yes, uh, the sort of the initial motivating factor. <laughs> yes, we've, we've kind of done the introductions. We've done the feeling. They've all had a little bit of a challenge. In the case of Ed, we have a dragon. And in the case of Danny, uh, we have Ori. Uh, uh, it's just nicely done. If you were to sit down now and get everybody who watches Strictly to write down what they think of each celebrity, we'd probably have a very similar list of character traits. And even those celebrities that have been eliminated, like Melvin, Tamika and Naga, you know, they had... They were starting to get their character shapes put in place for the audience to realise. Now, that's not scripting. That's not fixing the whole thing. That's just we want to project a certain thing about our cast. And Act One has given us all of the sort of hashtags that we need for our characters. We've given them a little bit of a challenge and we've seen who our heroes are going to be. Exactly. We've also had some some proof that not everything's pre-scripted, basically, in sort of truncated storylines and people having to basically switch story lanes halfway through. So uh, losing Will means we've probably lost what was going to be a Will versus Greg battle in Act yeah. 2. It, it kind of leaves Greg a bit isolated because he's not close enough to challenge Ori or Danny, but he's far enough ahead of Rob and Ed that obviously, of course, somebody might trip. There might be a bad night, strange warning going on, but he's kind of like stuck in this middle Island. What I, here's a tricky one because I don't know where Will's story was going to go. I will versus Greg is the obvious one as we're looking at it now, but will knows reality television more than anybody else in this, in our cast this year. And I think Will's realised that he was never going to be the A-list story. Oh, no. I mean, as soon as he sees Danny and Ori and Daisy and Louise in in dress rehearsals, yes. he's going to realise that he's there to be Jason Donovan. He's there to get to the quarterfinals yeah. and to be lucky and give a nice way in for the... For the for the kids uh, and everything. Uh, and uh, You and Will's fans are in the early 30s. And again, in the same season as Stasia, that's his story to tell. He doesn't want to tell it. Mm -hmm. But we are, we're on a show here called It Takes Two Cynics. I think Will wanted the A-line story, was expecting to get the A-line story and didn't get it and just went, um, that's not the game I was here to play. That's quite possible. I mean, I... I am coming down firmly in the no speculation about Will category because I just want everything to be okay. Then we shall move on. Uh, I mean, here, here's the thing. Um, Danny and Ores has completely set up our, our two elements. For any good story, the question is always, who does it hurt? Uh, and, and where's the challenge? Where's the, the competition? And we do now have set up this delightful head-to-head -head on the male side of things. What we don't have um, is how those stories are going to develop. We talked before about Danny could do with a crisis of confidence here to sort of do his individual story. Um, and Ori needs that sort of, I'm learning how to do this. But I think we've moved on a little bit from that because, you know, Danny's background and Danny's existing feel for the dance floor is actually 
threatening to turn him, and I'm going to use a Buffy term here, is threatening to turn him into this season's big bad. Well, the sort of mustachio twisted, ha I've done this before, but I won't tell them. <laughs> well, yes, that's that makes what happened on week four a sort of a classic end of act one um, sort of moment of minor threat. If you've got Danny in place as the main villain, the end yes. of act one is where the protagonist um, initially looks like they're facing a setback against the main villain in their first sort of brush against them um but it that proves to be a sort of a turning point in their story so i'm wondering now if we, in, instead of having the individual story for danny which is we think he's going to do well he, he's a chance of winning we need to knock him back and get him his confidence i think we might now have a spin here and go into really go into the joe campbell stuff um, and we have that sort of master versus apprentice just just again not scripting it but just giving the hints of someone who knows what they're doing and needs to deliver and somebody who's just doing it completely by instinct in the shape of ori with a ben kenobi with the sort of sage mystic wizard um in the case in here in joanne clifton and then we're back to joanne's role thing again basically giving him the confidence to go forward. I think that's what we're getting through Act 2. We're going to have Ori learning that he can do this. Yes. But one of the other questions for Act 2 is, who's going to emerge as the final girl? And again, we have a really interesting one here because whatever framework they had before, I, I, I don't think... The, the people that they thought would deliver are going to deliver. Louise here is the obvious one. You might as well, Louise has been told, we know you're the ringer. Kevin, you need to do stuff with her. She's not here just to be hanging off your arm. So I think we have the crisis of confidence storyline going to Louise. She just doesn't know that she can do it. I don't know whether she knows she can do it or not. She's not being given the chance to do it. And then is that Kevin holding back and trying to be tactical, going, I don't want to show everything now. I don't want her to have that pole position in place. Do you think Daisy and Claudia are performing as expected? I think Claudia's performing much higher. I, I think if, if I was going to go and guess for the framework, I would reckon that the female's A plot was going to be Louise versus possibly Daisy. Yeah. Um, with Claudia and Laura sort of going for the bronze. I actually think that this is flipped around a bit. I think Louise is still lead, but more because of her partner. And I think we have Claudia now coming up to challenge the A-plot. And again, we have that mirroring of a young pretender coming up to someone who was expected to know this. So if you're going on structure, it's great to have a mirror and a reflection in your structure. And I think in Ori versus Danny. We're also going to see Claudia versus Louise, but it's going to be a weaker challenge. It's actually the fight there for th to, to get that third place in the final. I that think leads... I think that if Gre if Natalie and Greg pay, play their cards right, they could end up with the third place in the final, which sort of widens out that bronze medal story. Uh, into a really interesting thing. What I think we might see there is Greg versus Daisy. That's a good point, yes. Because if you've got Ori versus Danny at the top, there's your, there's your A-plot male. Yeah. If you've got Louise versus Claudia as your female A-plot, you're going there. Greg's already isolated. 
Mm-hmm. You know, Gre- it, it, we don't have Greg versus Will. No. Which I think was the framework. Yeah. Daisy, with with the best of intentions to Laura, I don't think Daisy versus Laura is a fair fight. No, in terms of just name recognition and um, the skill that they've exhibited so far, it's not quite a fair fight. And when you break down who should be going out in Act 2, you, you'll, you know, you, if your choice is either Daisy gets to Act 3 or Laura gets to Act 3. And right now I'm going to say it's Daisy gets to Act 3, possibly because she's getting far more PR in the mainstream press because she wears clothes much better. <sighs> Again, hi Daily Mail reader. Uh, so Greg versus Daisy just might be that sort of sorbet, that sort of bit between the the two a plot main courses uh, that are going on top of there. And that's that- that's quite a nice contrast of attitudes because you've got Greg and Natalie's very competitive, pushing each other. Um, uh, sort of competitive vibe and then you've got Daisy and Ali Asher's really sort of laid back aesthetic vibe it's almost like these are the people who are there to enjoy dancing the rest are there to compete at dancing yeah and that that those those lines are going to be set during act two those those chess pieces for want of a better term and then I have a flashback to Strictly Come Dancing doing chess and let's not go there again please you're going to see those sort of put into place now of course they might trip up. One of them might have a bad dance, in which case it's just a framework. That's fine. We can we can find replacements. As we've already seen, the Greg and Will has probably seen some shifting around. But Act Two is also going to be about raising that bar professionally. So as you as you said, the scores are going to drop this week. Yeah. Where we're getting eights, nines, and the occasional tens, we're going to go back, I think, to six, sevens, and the occasional eights again, like that sawtooth. Those will build up again throughout Act 2 until we get to Blackpool. And I'm sh- I am think Blackpool, we're going to get at least one dancer getting three tens. I don't think they'll be quite ready to give a 40 just yet. No, 40s but, are for Act 3. Yes, but we are going to see those... When you start to see the tens rolling in again, we will be in the Terror Ballroom. I'm pretty sure on that. What we have left um, are basically the sea level plots. Um, we have Rob Rinder and Ed Balls, who... You know, both of those were expected to go out early. They've lasted a lot longer um, than expected, I think, here. But they're going in Act 2. Yes. I mean, you can't really... I can't really see Ed getting to Blackpool. I can't see Ed getting to a fortnight. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, it just depends whether he's winning the public vote or not. And he could still be. Yes, but he's not going to make it through another six weeks, yeah, another four weeks to get to Blackpool. Absolutely not, because you uh, know, as soon as he's in his first dance-off, he's gone. Yes. Um, and on the female side of things, um, you've got three still left sitting here. You've got Laura, who we've already discussed, who I just think isn't showing enough of a metal to get up there and fight Daisy. And then Leslie versus Anastasia, which is actually a pretty finely balanced duel. And, you know, of those five... Those are the five that I think are all going to disappear in Act 2. So one of those will go to Blackpool out of that five, in my opinion. I think it's more likely that Leslie gets to Blackpool than... Because then Anton gets to do a final Blackpool. Yeah. Although, obviously, Anton hasn't announced his uh, retirement yet, but if he has a good year... He's getting a lot of... I mean, he got got his little body-popping, body-flexing thing on the Sunday night show. He has literally Uh, always wanted to do that. 
Yes, you could just tell. It's just like, you know, he's got a big checklist of what would you like? Somebody who can dance. Yep. Anything else? Um, bit of break dancing. Yep. Anything else? Trip to Malta. Days in, <laughs> trip to Malta. Yeah. Um, you'll have to dance with Pauline Quirk, the winner, in a, in a sketch for a Birds of a Feather. Yeah, he just right, gets to not. tick another legendary diva off his list. Indeed, yes. And, you know, if there's there's going to be some shuffling on the judges' bench, which means there's probably going to be shuffling in how the show is presented next year as well. So Anton basically wants to be the team player here and have some fun. Um, it is. It does feel valedictory in a way that, for example, it's not with Brendan. Brendan, you can certainly see him being there and best of luck with the health brand by the way you can see him going on for another couple of years anton it's just like is he really going to be around next year for a partner as well there's just mm, they brought in so many new ones this year that it is does feel a little bit like a changing of the guard yeah and there's a sort of feeling that you know we're, we're putting you here you know people like chloe for example just be there to be one of the dancers on the stage to get the feel of a TV studio to see how you react to cameras and such like. Um, and, you know, that's the right way to introduce somebody to what is arguably one of the biggest TV programs um, that the UK has. Um, because, again, it's the same celebrities. They're putting in trapdoors. They're, they're putting in, you know, how if dancers have to move on or dancers want to write a book, for example, or have calendars out, how do we move them on? We need to have the, that pool of people ready, mm-hmm. you know, Will moved on, um, but it's okay because we got Greg. Okay, Greg, you, you're going to do something. Um, We've got a lot of expensive VTs for you to star in now. <laughs> yes, yes. So what that leaves, if if we assume that those are the five that are going um, over the next five weeks in whatever order, um, that leaves us two A plot characters and one B plot character each on the male and female side. That's quite nicely balanced. Uh, and to be fair, Ori, Danny, Greg, uh, Louise, Claudia, and Daisy, any one of them could be worthy winners. Oh, sure. And every one of them will have a... Equal is the wrong word. But, I mean, Ori and Danny, you could actually have them squabbling now. You have Danny going to be the big bad. You have Ori getting a little bit cocky and then just quietly sidling up. You have Mr. Bum himself just sneaking through around the site. So Greg has an option to get through if he's ready to take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, you know, Louise, Claudia, Daisy, that's a much more tightly match. You have to give the lead to uh, Louise, again, purely because of the partner that she's got there. Yep. But it's not a huge advantage. There's still a, a lack of confidence there. Claudia has the ability, but I don't know if the BBC, BBC have... How how do you phrase this? Claudia's plot line needs to be that the BBC needs to realise that she's a grown-up. Yes, it is, especially with the school-themed routine in week it was was terribly embarrassing. There are ways of doing portrayals like that, and the BBC haven't found a subtlety on that. Um, And then you've got Daisy there as well, who, as a model, we were expecting to be a bit lanky and good at walking but not much else but all three of those again have a path to victory Mm -hmm. you don't see that in anybody else act two will be about them trying to position themselves for that final run up to victory we know we've already said there 
Claudia needs to be portrayed as a grown-up. I wonder if because she has a partner who is new to this, they just don't have the ability to push the BBC's production team as hard as like a Brendan or an Anton or a Joanne. Yeah, would. I can't see AJ giving the pr- production team hell in the same way that I can see Brendan. Yes. Because AJ knows he's going to be there for five or six years, so he's he, he's um what it how how does that go again? Turn up, put up, or shut up. Mm. <laughs> In that one there, um, Daisy's plotline. I'm not really sure. It's just she's she's got to find something to to let people identify with her. She's she's got to find a way to get into the public conscience. She doesn't have that yet. And that's where her weak point is. And that's what she needs to develop in Act 2. She's probably of the six that that we think are the leads. The one that is the most vulnerable. And for Louise, she needs to relax. She needs to show that she has the better moves. She needs to show improvement. Um, I want to see her also enjoying it. Yes. It's like Naga finally smiled. And I've got it. I know what I need to. Oh, you know, that's classic act one right there. Yeah. It's like, that's what you need to do. So the, the lesson is there for Louise. But again, I don't think any of those three have a strong group at home that are ready to vote for them. And I think that's where the weakest point is. Greg, Greg, again, a bit like Daisy, needs to find a way to create the public backing that he needs he needs to find his tribe online and you know you can go so far by just dancing yeah but that's not enough it's you need important to, find to get else. out the vote and that's his job and daisy's job especially in act two which is mobilize your tribe find your tribe mobilize them and I know that seems weird that for a dancing contest, what we're actually saying is to win this, they need to go out onto Facebook and find people and be Instagramming like crazy and doing that. But that's what gets you the public votes. And it is a 100% vote on the final night. And that is key. And of course, the better public vote you have, the more chance you have of avoiding the dance-off. And that leads us back to Danny and Ori. And it is, you know, they're, they're sitting on top of the pile and... A lot of it is now going to come down to how what the, the production team give them the nudge towards. How much help do they have with the music, with the props? What sort of stuff are they getting? My my guess is that, as we said before, Danny's going to be the season's big band. He's going to be that sort of brash swagger. He's going to be a sort of Draco Malfoy uh, from the good proper slash fake, not the books of the films. The Draco Malfoy that is genuinely smart and clever and knows what he wants and knows what he's doing but it's just a little bit overconfident a little bit unlikable and and just it just makes your skin go just a little bit on edge of what is he going to do i mean it was clear that that, that he was doing fred Stairs and ginger rogers and i absolutely love that but at the same time the back of my head going that's really a really really cynical thing to do to look exactly like a classic one and I couldn't help but contrast that with doing Singing in the Rain and realising that, you know, I've seen Ori there. I've seen Ori be Ori, not Ori being Gene Kelly. Whereas with Danny, I saw Danny being Fred Astaire. And that just felt creepy. Mm. Do you know, I think for me, the difference between Danny and Ori 
because they've, they've both got really charismatic partners who I want to see well. And they've uh, both got these really good s skills. But what has really sort of put Ori above Danny for me is Ori's skill at engaging with the audience down the cameras. Indeed. Dancing is not enough. And Danny's going to find that out soon enough. And I think Danny's weak point is that. Danny is, I could dance. So he's dancing. Ori's skill isn't I can dance. Ori's skill is being able to spot a tiny red LED light while he's spinning his head, while he's got Joanne Clifton upside down, while Dave Arch and his lovely, lovely band are playing a version of um, Poison by Alice Cooper as they do it to a tango, being able to spot that red light. Dancing is not enough, but finding your tribe and your tribe is right down the camera, finding your tribe and mobilising them is the key to getting votes. It's the keys about getting scores on the doors. What do points make? Progress. Progress. That's where it comes down to it. Danny slips up because he's going to focus too much on the dancing. Ori needs to focus on the dancing, but at the same time, this guy... Who knows where his votes are coming from at home? Yeah. Nobody else does. At best, this is 50% a dance competition. Yes. And here's the thing. It's actually called Strictly Come Dancing, but everybody calls it Strictly. It's not just about the dance. Okay, so we've enjoyed Act 1. We're poised with the popcorn for Act 2. Indeed, yes. Who is going to make it all to Blackpool? Who is going to stumble at the next opera? Which of our lead characters is actually going to make come a complete cropper uh, and, and let somebody in? And look, look, here's one for you. Just before we go, little challenge for you. Okay. Okay. Let's assume, let's not name names of who out of the, our top six we lose. But if one of the top six disappeared, tripped up, whatever, and we had to bring on Rinder, Ed, Anastasia, Leslie, or Laura into Act 3, who would you bring in? Do you actually want to know? Yeah. I would um, give uh, Robert Rinder his one serious dance, like a big serious Argentine tango, uh, the first week of Act 3, and then we'd probably lose him. See, I think if he makes it all the way to Blackpool, we have the tango for Blackpool. Oh, well, I, at some point, there's a big serious Judge Rinder tango yes. somewhere. I... You know, from all of that, I do think Leslie would be the most fun one to bring through. Oh, yeah, she'd be the most fun. But I uh, really like Oksana. I really like Robert. And I'm not keen on Anton. Oh, not even with his body popping jive moves. Moves, look at me, throw down the shapes in 1977 disco. Absolutely not. <laughs> Indeed, <laughs> yes. Um, yes, Blackpool awaits. Okay, so we've provided a guide to the coming weeks in Strictly in the form of our Act 2 preview, and we've even made some educated guesses about what might happen in Act 3. So, I guess I'll see you on the other side of Blackpool. That does sound about right, yes. Quick, to the tower, Rapunzel! It looks like Ewan's gone. Bye, everybody. Keep dancing. <laughs>